What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rooms and S podcast. Um, this is episode two of my quits and thoughts segments, which pretty much we're just going to dig into the big game tonight. Obviously, the Celtics do or die. It's going to be a um, obviously a crucial game. Game six. Um, last time I was, I previewed game two, and obviously it's been an interesting, interesting series. As far as the Celtics and Bucks, you know, got Giannis versus Tatum, got Jalen Brown versus Drew Holiday. Um, no Chris Middleton throughout the series. So I know my initial thoughts um, coming into this series was. Um, obviously, without Chris Middleton, you would think that the Celtics were able to have the advantage, and it hasn't. It has not been the case. Uh, obviously, you've seen the last game, Game Five, where they flat out, you know, they kind of gave that game away. So we have to see what's going to happen tonight and how. They're going to guard Giannis, which hasn't been really consistent. They they obviously have put different guys on them, but I'm... And usually they've really been putting... Mostly they put Horford on them, but I just think they have to kind of do what they did with Durant and don't cheat off the shooters. That's the thing. That's probably been killing them all series long as they've been cheating off the shooters and I didn't wasn't able I was working uh during game five so I wasn't able to actually see a moment to see the every moment of that game I was only really able to see some highlights of it but it, yeah and really I listened to it on the radio actually really the last part of that game them completely collapsing you know they gave up a lot of points off of turnovers and offensive rebounds and Bobby Portis had seven offensive rebounds by himself so a lot of this stuff where they kind of just get tight you've been saying that all season long far as like you know more so in the first half of the season how they kind of collapse in games and really you've seen a glimpse of it during that huge run that they have to turn the season around the reason why you haven't seen a lot of it is because they were blowing out teams. So now you got a team that's can flat out test you on at that level in at the end of the game. And think about it, both both of the games that they won in this series have been going away. They won it off of, you know, dominant performances from Al Horford, dominant performances from Jalen Brown in game two. So obviously, yeah, they they look like they have the more high-end talent. You know, Giannis is good, but Drew Holiday is not at the same level as Giannis. And you, but the Celtics got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al, obviously Al Horford won them a game. He, Al Horford gave them 30 in game four. So they have weapons. He, who knows if Smart can get hot and make three straight threes. I mean, they have a lot of weapons to, to go at. Um and, the, and obviously, the biggest story is Rob Williams not being healthy as well. Him going down in, in game 
what was it, game two? Game no, no, he he went down game three, and we haven't seen him since game three. So uh, now the latest reports are, are showing that he, the actual injury that he has is not just knee soreness; is a bone bruise from you know colliding knee to knee with Giannis, which I remember that play pretty fairly well. I think that I think that play happened in, I believe, game two. If I'm not mistaken, I think I was watching that game. Yeah, I think it was either game two or game one. So that was the game where Marcus Smart really got banged up in. It was the same game. So Rob Wins pretty much got hurt that same game that Marcus Smart got hurt. That was that was literally game one. That was game one when Rob Wins went through that, you know, that that collision with Giannis. And for whatever reason, the knee has flared up on him. And he hasn't been able to come back since. And he's right now questionable for this game. So we have to see if he's going to play. But a bone bruise, I mean, I looked it up while I was out. And I just got just got back home and trying to prepare for this, prepare for a big one tonight for me to watch this game. But uh, I looked it up, and they, they said the bone bruise, pretty much the healing uh, duration for that is one to two months. So... If, that, if he had that injury, what was that, game one? So that's like, what, a week ago? Um, he's got it like a month or two ago, a month or two away from it actually fully healing all the way. So depending on how how how, how large the, uh, the bruise is. So I just think... I mean, this is a, this is a must-win situation. I, if I'm them, I would just try to see if they can either drain the fluid in the knee, or either, which that might be too late to do that right then, uh, right in game time. But or either take a shot or something to to or something to like kind of numb the pain because I mean this this is it, man. So this is the season. So. If I'm Rob Williams, I'd rather go down swinging than be on my back. You know, who wants to, when your team really needs you, especially they needed you in that game five when they gave up so many offensive rebounds, they could have used the Rob Williams in that situation to get any, just any of those couple rebounds would have, all it would have taken for them to win that game. I mean, the Bucks needed every mistake that the Celtics made in order for them to make that 14 point comeback to turn that turn that game around and, and, and absolutely steal that game from the Celtics. But Celtics are not the only team that was doing that. I think Al Horford did the same thing in the previous game. I thought Al Horford and them kind of went it. They were down by 10 and they stole that game. So it's been a topsy turvy series and really home court doesn't mean anything for each team. Each team has been able to win on the, each other's court home court so why why should we expect anything different in game six if you're a Celtics fan why why would you expect different you would just have to just say oh Giannis has been you know pretty clutch throughout this series and he's been dominant throughout this series that probably might be the only thing you worry about but he can't do it by himself if the Celtics try to allow him to be Superman and then close on on everyone else and not give them open shots, which I, that's pretty much what I mentioned in the last, you know, 
quick thoughts that I, I was like, why don't they just stay home on the shooters? Why can't they just make Giannis be Giannis and play him one-on-one? Because he's going to get his anyways. Stop, you know, cheating and helping off other guys to double team. Just don't, just stay home on the shooters. Try to at least show your help, but not, don't go all the way on a double team. Just try to go one-on-one and probably put Grant Williams. They're gonna, if you're going to start Grant Williams, make him useful. Have him play Giannis throughout the game or or, or Jalen Brown or somebody to kind of just make it tough on him. But at the same time, don't help too much on the shooters because that's been really killing you. You know, leaving Connaughton and, and Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis for open threes and Brooke Lopez for open threes. And Drew Holiday has also been able to make them as well. Hasn't shot the ball as, as well as you would like if you're a Bucks fan, but he's hit enough of them to be in timely uh, timely situations. Yeah, so those are my thoughts on, on the game tonight. Hopefully the Celtics, as a Celtic fan, I try not to be as biased, but I'm, I'm a huge Celtic fan, so I'm hoping they can get the job done tonight and force a game seven in Boston because that would be great. That would be legendary to have a game seven on pretty much on a Sunday to pretty much decide the series and see what their fate is. And we'll have to see what how it's going to be for tonight. But um, before I end it off with that, you know, with pretty much, I, I mean, I was able to uh, give you the, the um, Rims and Nets, like all New England team, the first team. So I'm going to give you my you know my second my second team picks and I'm pretty much going to post that on the website if anyone wants to see both first and second team I'll post it on the website as soon as I can I, I do have a few posts that I posted the other day um, mainly um, an up you know a few recruiting updates Aiden Cameron got uh, just committed to uh, Harvard which that news came out uh, May 10th or May 9th, that was official. He committed to Harvard. So obviously the big big man from Andover High School had a strong season, led them to a semifinal in the MIA uh, state tournament. Um, he's able to make his commitment. He was going to go to Brewster, but a Harvard came in late. Tommy Amaker came in late and snatched him up. So to add to a pretty deep Harvard class, coming into next season so that should be interesting to see that next year next year to see if he is able to play early on or either he'll have a red shirt but he's a pretty good player and mostly a defensive minded guy can has been a really good rim protector for Andover probably one of the better defensive teams in the state this year so they they were definitely a strong inside presence with him and Logan Satlow. So, pretty good get for Tommy Amaker. But let's take a look at um, the five players that that made my um, Rims and Nets All-New England team for ours. Like this, we're talking about high school, of course. High school basketball to wrap things up. And really, pretty much to conclude the season for high school basketball. From here on in, you know, the future pods are pretty much going to be talking about the playoffs, and uh, but we will also like 
get into uh, the Nike EYBL tournament, which is coming up at the end of the month. That will be starting up. Obviously, we'll pretty much see what the local prospects are doing as far as that goes. But not going to be much college basketball, obviously. College basketball is over, done and gone. So probably a little bit of Nike EYBL and then, you know, NBA playoffs. And then, you know, probably have a pretty uh, long offseason for once. COVID kind of messed everything up. Now this is actually a normal offseason. So you probably might not hear much from me once the NBA playoffs is done. Just kind of be prepared for next season, trying to continue to, you know, obviously improve this podcast, make it more professional for next season. So I'm definitely going to look forward to doing that. But, uh, yeah, so let's get into the Rims and Nets All-New England, second team at center. Um, he's a junior. I got Isaiah Miranda, which he'll be he'll be a senior coming into this year. He's class of 2023. Um, he's listed at seven foot, 210 pounds. Right now, he's playing at Springfield Commonwealth. He's he's a he's a um, Rhode Island native, so getting a local product. But he's obviously playing in Springfield, Mass, and Springfield Commonwealth. They got a pretty stacked you know team out there. One of the better programs, I would say, Massachusetts, as far as like the, you know, those prep schools. They're one of the top tier prep schools out there. Well, I haven't even seen a ton of footage on him, but I would say that he's more of a rim runner type. He's very athletic, can stretch the floor, shoot threes. Pretty good shot blocker because he's, you know, seven feet tall. But he's just more of like a modern day type big. So. He's listed as uh, close to a four, possibly five-star recruit, according to 247 Sports. So he's definitely a high-level recruit. And he's, without a doubt, one of the best big men coming into the next class. That's for sure locally and perhaps nationally as well. Nationally, he's probably pretty much ranked pretty highly nationally as he's he's a four-star recruit. But uh, another guy that really is... Had a great season, which um, he's got intriguing, intriguing abilities out there. Is, is Matas Bazoulis. Um, he, he he's attending Brewster Academy, which Brewster Academy won the Nipsack Championship this year. Uh, he led them to a championship, which I think they split it up into divisions. I think in their division, which I think they're. The highest division, I believe, where they were able to win that. He stands at, which he pretty much plays a little bit on the perimeter. He's more of a perimeter-oriented guy. He stands at 6'10", 175. So he probably projects to be more of a, like a, a, a 3 at the next level or a 3 in college, at least. He definitely has a potential. He definitely has a lot of he definitely has a high ceiling to really be a potential NBA player. Some people are comparing him to um, Christoph Porzingis or someone to that like that has, you know, a big guy that has good perimeter skills. He still potentially could be still growing 
could maybe be 6'11". You never know. So he's right now 6'10". He's and he's a buck seventy five. So a little little frail, but you know still young. He's a junior, just like Miranda. So both of those guys are coming into their senior year. So they will be seniors coming into next year, but they're junior this year. And he won the Gatorade Player of the Year in New Hampshire. Obviously, you know, Brewster Academy is in, in Worsboro, New Hampshire. So pretty much represents, you know, New Hampshire, which is not a, you know, hotbed as far as, like, basketball goes. But probably possibly because Brewster Academy's there, that prep school definitely is where all the, you know, high-end talent is going to be at, particularly in New Hampshire. All right, so far as, like, the three or the small forward I have on this second team, I have Mike Longney, which had a great season for BC High in Massachusetts. He stands at 6'4", 185 pounds. He was a senior this year. Led them to Division One state champs, undefeated, 25-0 and on the year. Had a strong team around him, very experienced team. So it was projected for them to win. I had them number one in the preseason, so they pretty much were the best team end-to-end this year. And he was best, He was a key part and key component of why they were so successful. Very good jump shooter, very athletic in transition, was very good on the defensive end too, was able to get a lot of steals. Did it all for them. Was just a spectacular player all year round. Um, colleges haven't really, well, particularly D1 colleges, weren't able to really, they really weren't really checking on him like that. So he's going to be going to a, um, a Praetorial school. Um, he's going to be going to Phillips Extra Academy next season. So hopefully he can kind of show himself with higher level competition and kind of show himself, but he's had a tremendous season. Like maybe just the D one schools just maybe weren't, you know, they maybe didn't think much of the Massachusetts competition that he was. I, I thought Massachusetts was pretty fairly competitive this season. I would say you got Connecticut, and I think Massachusetts was right there with, you know, with Connecticut, but. Didn't get enough respect in that aspect, so he's going to be heading to Phillips Extra. He does have a few offers, not anything really, you know, major, but he did have a few, you know, from, you know, smaller end schools. I think he got offered from Bryant, so, which we all know, you know, made it to tournaments. So maybe he thinks a little bit highly of himself. That's why he's going to go to Phillips Extra, get himself a, a post-grad year, get himself, you know, Equipped to play against high-level talent before he takes makes the jump to college, which I think is a good decision on his part. See if he can excel at that level, which I think he will, because he's got good size and he can probably, even though he played a lot of small forward in high school, I think he can easily slide into being a, a shooting guard at the next level. I think he has the ability to do it. So at the two guard positions, I have Sharif Sharif. Which, um, again, one of the better players in Vermont. One, one. I think he won Mr. Basketball in Vermont. No, no, I see. No, excuse me, my mistake. He did not win Mr. Basketball. 
in Vermont. That was Jonah Jonah Coutinho, which I didn't think really much of Jonah Jonah Coutinho to put him on this list. Um, Didn't really play at a high level. He only played in D2 in Vermont. But Shrewsbury plays in Division I in Vermont, and he led Rice Memorial into a... I think he led Rice Memorial. Let me double-check that real quick. But I think he did lead him to a, a championship. Let me just double check that real quick. Uh, man, they've, they've had a good program over the years, that's for sure. But I... Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, they did. They they did win. They beat Rutland in the in the championship game, so they were able to win another state championship. And Shree Sharif was a big part of that. One of their better players all year round. Um, he stands at six three, one hundred seventy pounds. He's a junior, so he'll be a senior coming into this season. Yeah, what I doubt, one of the better players in the state. I think he won. I think he was a, a all state. I think he made the all state team of Vermont. And then um, the final guard I have for my all New England second team, I have Deshante Bowen which plays for Brewster Academy. He stands at 6'3", 170 pounds. He's a senior. He's going to be going to Iowa next year. So that's a pretty good get for Iowa, get themselves a point guard because they're losing some NBA talent. Uh, Keegan Murray, the top scorer, he's going to be gone. So I think Deshante Bowen can kind of step in there and really lead the Hawkeyes to some big things in the upcoming future for them. But that's pretty much what I have for the Rims and Nets all New England team. That's pretty much the f- first and second team. Uh, if you didn't if you missed the first team, I put it on the I believe I put it on the 51. Episode 51 I think has the first team. So, if you're looking for the first team, it's on episode 51. So, you can check that out. And I also will post both the first and the second team on the website as soon as I can get to that. But uh, there's a few posts that I already posted. I think I posted an article and then I posted a few, you know, a few updates as far as, like, recruiting goes. And I will probably... See if I can dig into that sometime this week and probably post any other news that have that have popped up. It's been a lot of recruiting. Oh, that's pretty much was the article. It was pretty much, you know, a roundup, a summary of April and May recruiting news. So that pretty much gets you updated to what pretty much has gone on. And that should pretty much conclude things. Um, this is your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast, the quick, quick thoughts edition.
episode two. I'm out. Peace.